right, hey everyone. Welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast. I'm Nate Holdridge. Uh, Recently at Calvary Monterey, I've been taking our church through a series called Wholehearted Work, where we're studying the theology of work and career together. And in the last message I gave, I talked about why work is hard. My two reasons for that being original sin from Adam and personal or individual sin in me or in us. And when I talked about that point, I talked about sloth and quoted some Proverbs, including Proverbs 20, verse 4. And so today I wanted to give a bonus teaching about that proverb in particular and a little message called Work Hard, Win Hard. Proverbs 20, 24 says, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn, He will seek at harvest and have nothing. If you're cruising around and uh, not able to have your Bible open, I'll read that proverb to you one more time. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Now, nearly everyone has a vision of the good life. Uh, We can all easily project to our latter years. We all have an idea of the ideal future. It will look different for each one of us. I have different dreams and aspirations than you do, but there will be something common in those themes. For instance, we would all like to likely have strong, vibrant, and healthy relationships with the people that we love in our future years. For my part, I want to be surrounded by my wife, by my daughters, by my grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren when I go home to God, should he tarry. Or we might all wish for financial health. I don't mean wealth, we don't all have a vision for that, but of responsible stewardship of our finances. Or we might want physical health. You know, we're realistic about this desire. We know that age and death get us all in the end, and we know that some sicknesses are not preventable, but especially in the ways we can control, we might crave good health. On and on the list could go. We all have a vision of that good life. As we walk with God, that vision is adjusted. For some of us, the vision has to be adjusted downward. What I mean by that is that many of us have visions of power and prosperity and fame that have nothing to do with Christ and his kingdom. So God must steadily adjust our vision downward until it becomes what he hopes for our lives. But for some of us, our vision must be adjusted upward. What I mean is that Christ must help us develop a better and more hopeful vision. Many human beings have been so discouraged by their past and conditioned by their environment that they fail to think of any good that could come from their lives. So Jesus might help this person dream of a life that they never previously thought was imaginable. Now, the original audience of the proverb that we just read were ancient Israelites, and they had a definite vision of the good life. There are many words that could describe their vision, but if you had to pick one word from our passage here, it would be the word harvest. Their society, you see, lived off the land. Agriculture and livestock were in their blood, and God had brought them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Milk, because many cattle and goats and other livestock would thrive there, and honey, because bees would busily pollinate that which grew there. So for them, the vision of the good life was one of harvest. But our proverb tonight paints an unfortunate picture. The sluggard doesn't plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. 
It's a simple proverb to understand. Because the sluggard didn't want to work during the autumn, he found no harvest in the spring. He wouldn't plant and plow when the weather was bad, so he wouldn't enjoy any fruit when the time came. He might have had a vision for the good life. He might have wanted a harvest, but he got none of it because he did not plow in the autumn. Now, in thinking about this verse, we must confess that everyone loves a good harvest. It's a rewarding experience to quietly and steadily work toward a goal and then experience the payoff. For Israel, it was a joy to eat and drink to the full because of of a good harvest. Everyone loves it when life is good. No one ever dreams of the non-harvest life. No one dreams of being outcast by others. No one craves hostility in their closest relationships. No one wants financial ruin. No one longs for a fruitless ministry or life. Now, everyone loves a harvest. A few years ago, I tried something that I hoped would help me develop a godly vision of what the harvest life would look like for Nate Holdridge. I spoke about it recently on this podcast. I created a document called A Life Plan. The life plan exercise begins with writing your own eulogy. The idea is to write down what you hope they will say about you after you're gone. For instance, I had much in mind about my relationship with my wife and daughters. I also wrote a bit about my pastoral work, what I stood for, what I taught, and what I believed. And I had portions about my character because I want to live a godly life all the way through to the end. Maybe I should read it to you. No, not going to do that. It's my eulogy. You've got to get your own. But after writing my eulogy, I then broke my life up into eight or nine categories. My spirit, my body, my marriage, my children, my key relationships, my work, and so on. Then I wrote under each heading what I envisioned for the future. It forced me to think through how each category is doing today and what I must do to prepare for tomorrow. Now, you might not spend much time in detail like that in fleshing out your harvest life But it's healthy to allow the Spirit to craft a vision for you of where you are trying to go. As you do, think of the different accounts or categories where you'd like to see a harvest. Dream about your relationship with God, your relationship with others, your career goals, your friendships, and on and on. These are the areas you want to see harvests in. In each, you want life and health. You will want a harvest because, as I've said, Everyone loves a harvest. But here's the thing that our proverb shows us. Everyone loves a harvest, but not everyone loves plowing in the autumn. Let me show you what I mean. In Israel, the autumn was the time to plow and plant. Some translations say the winter. The idea is that the farmer was bound to face some difficult weather. Conditions were not ideal. It'd be hard to go out and plow the field during the autumn, but that was the time it needed to be done. We likely already knew that hard work precedes a harvest. Someone has to till and plow and plant and water and weed and work to get a harvest. We all know that. In a similar way, we know harvests in our lives are also preceded by preparatory work. Before a healthy savings account comes, comes financial discipline. Before a good career comes an education. Before a loving family comes dedication, commitment, and care. Before a healthy marriage comes communication, faithfulness, and forgiveness. Before a fruitful ministry comes prayer and consecration. But here's the thing. It's all hard work. 
And sometimes the conditions of life make it tempting to skip out on the painful work. It's easier to leave a marriage than fight for it. It's easier to drop out than struggle for your degree. It's easier to neglect your family than it is to learn how to love them. It's easier to quit the ministry than to war for God's people. But when we're in the autumn, we must work. We must work hard when it's hard. And then the harvests of life will come. This is one reason I believe physical exercise is an important practice for people in developed nations like ours. We can get by with a sedentary existence. But pushing yourself with exercise or physical training can help you learn how to work hard when it's hard. I'm on to different physical and athletic pursuits nowadays, but I spent a long time in my life involved in the sport of trail running. I was never fast. I was never a top runner. Don't get the wrong idea. It was just amateurish fun. But I got myself to the point I was able to compete in a handful of marathons and ultra marathons in a reasonable amount of time. And one thing I learned through the training runs and race days was that you have to run when it's hard to do so. I could not skip out when it rained, when it was cold, when it was dark, or when I didn't feel like it. If I did, there was no way I could finish on race day. To get the harvest of finishing a race, I had to grind through the hard days of training. This lesson has carried over for me into everyday life. I've learned to have hard conversations with my wife even when I don't feel like it. I've learned to pursue my daughters even when it doesn't come naturally to me. I've learned to study and read even when other things vie for my attention. I've learned and am still learning how to push through the desire to quit. I am learning how to plow in the autumn. So everyone loves a harvest, but not everyone loves plowing in the autumn. But we must if we expect to live a harvest life. Now, at this point, it didn't take a Christian pastor to preach this message. God has written the law of the universe in such a way that anyone could observe that you got to work to get a harvest. Everyone knows all of this to one degree or another. We might always be tempted by diet pills that offer us the figure we want without any work, but in the back of our minds, we know it's too good to be true. We know the $75 an hour job working from home ads are all a scam. We know. So even non-believers say things like, no pain, no gain, just do it, says Nike, knowing that the reward comes after the hard work. We know we must work hard, when hard, to get harvests in life. It doesn't take Jesus or the gospel or the Bible to know that. But what I've discovered is that I become capable of plowing in the autumn. I become able to work hard when it's hard because of Jesus. He is the one who enables me to do the hard work when no one is watching. And he can enable you as well. Here's how. First, Jesus himself plowed in autumn so that he could receive a harvest. What do I, what do I mean by this? Well, Jesus was not a farmer, but he did reap a harvest of souls. In fact, the harvests of physical crops are likely meant to point us to the true harvest of souls at the end of the age. As Hebrews says, Jesus did everything he did to bring many to glory. But for Jesus to save your soul or my soul, he had to work hard when it was hard. He had to become one of us 
divesting himself of the privileges of his deity. He had to incarnate and live as a man, and then he had to suffer the agony of the cross. He had to die in our place so he could wash away our sins by his blood. And Jesus' cross was the hardest work anyone has ever done or will do. That was his autumn. And he worked during that hard time. Thank God that he did because it led to the great harvest. Now, through the gospel, people can be rejoined with God. People can be saved. But Jesus is more than our example of hard work when hard. He also comes to live inside his people by his spirit. The spirit of Christ can strengthen us to work hard like Jesus, even when it's costly or painful to do so. He's not only our example, but the Spirit helps us to live as he lived. Naturally, I'll confess, I'm a lazy person. Some people are driven by nature. I'm not. But when Christ came into my life and charged me up by his Spirit, something changed. As I've spent time with him, as I've worshipped him daily, he has transformed me to become more like himself. I still battle the temptation towards sloth, but he has deposited his work ethic into my soul. He has helped me work hard, win hard, by the power of his spirit within me. Brothers and sisters, the sluggard still looks for harvests where they never plowed, but we must plow. The world is filled with people who want great lives without any work involved, but there's no easy money. And even if there is, you shouldn't want it. Instead, the Christian wants to be Christ-like and work hard even when it's hard. So let me close by doing two things. First, let me encourage you. Second, let me let you in on a secret. Let me encourage you first to work hard when hard. I know life is rough. There are pains involved and there are circumstances way outside your control. But by the power of Christ, you can work hard when hard. And this will lead to a harvest in your life. When I was a teenager, like many teenage boys, I had acne. Like many other prepubescent or pubescent boys, I didn't like it. But I remember my mother told me to wash my face, apply anti-acne soap, and wait. As I grew, she assured me it would all clear up. And she was right. As time passed, as my body developed, and as God made me into a baritone, the acne cleared up. This is like what you watch happen when you work hard, win hard. Slowly, almost imperceptibly, you will discover life clearing up. Over time, the bills won't be so hard to pay. The relationships won't be so volatile. The kids won't be so disobedient. The work won't feel so overwhelming. Slowly, you will have grown and you will enjoy the fruit of walking with God. Now for the secret. Harvests beget more harvests. Just as ancient farmers got seeds for their next crops from the previous harvest, so will your little victories and harvests turn into more. Let me give you an example. I know I told you you couldn't read my eulogy, but I will read one sentence for you. Here it is. Thousands of younger men have believed God for their lives as a result of Nate's example and instruction. Now, I hope and pray this becomes the truth. I hope to die with many thousands of young men celebrating that they were exposed to my life or teaching. But to get there, little harvests beget more harvests. For instance, one day, about 10 years ago, I decided to write 
a book for young men. I didn't think it would go far. I didn't have big dreams for it. No one was asking me to write it. But I wanted to write down what I thought a godly man looked like so that others could follow. And that little harvest, getting that book done, has led to many more harvests as I've gotten many chances to influence young men for Christ. It was one step of thousands. It was just a mini harvest, but it's led to more. You see, it's not all about how life ends. I mean, it's good to have that harvest life image in your mind, but that life isn't all suffering and pain and autumn plowing hard work. No, that life is a joy. There are thousands of mini harvests along the way that make that life so sweet. And those mini harvests lead to more harvests. So work hard, win hard, and watch God produce his great blessings in your life. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to this little bonus teaching from Proverbs 20, verse 4. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. For more information and to take the discussion further, you can visit nateholdridge.com for additional articles and content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.